0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast with your host Neil Dunworth today and I don't have Paddy, but as I always say when I've got a guest on, I've somebody way better than Paddy. I have the wonderful Luis Miguel Echegaray on the on the podcast today and I'm, I'm, I must say I'm a very competitive guy Luis. I wonder, did I say that better than Chris did on the Villains Together podcast?
1: I got to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to get, you know, Chris angry or anything, but like, especially listening it to it with an Irish accent, my name. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. So you win right now, Neil. That's the winner right there.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. That's good. That's going to go on my CV. I'm going to put that straight into my CV now. (laughs) <laughs> That's all I need.
1: I love it. I love it. And you know, the Irish and the Peruvians, we actually have a lot in common. There's a lot of really similar traits that we have. We're all, we're all kind of insane, uh, especially emotionally. Uh, we're all very family oriented. And we all, you know, just let our heart uh, dictate instead of our brain. So we're very, very, very similar, the Irish and the Peruvians.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, that's that's actually very, po- very poignant because in the podcast when we start talking about how you started following Aston Villa and some of your things beforehand, we were just talking and I said, I could really relate to that because there were certain moments that you, you related to that I said, yes, they are the poignant standout moments in my my Aston Villa tenureship also. So we will get onto that and Kindred, kindred in, in mindset, I think, is, is, is a good way to put it. But um, for those of you that don't know Luis, um, he is a um, pundit on, on CBS and, and runs the fantastic Kei Galato um, uh, podcast. Uh, for, for CBS, and uh, if you guys aren't, aren't, aren't listening to it, it's it, it's really cool. And to be honest with you, the guy's hijacking an awful lot for Aston Villa, which is another good point to listen to. There, there, uh, it's very, it could get very villa centric. And, and uh, yeah, and, it, it might not that. be
1: good for my future employment if I keep talking about Villa every single day, but it's but yeah, it's it's great. It's a little nook where every now and again I could just. You know, uh, because obviously we also have Jonathan Johnson, my friend and colleague as well for CBS, also a major Villa fan. So it's always, always good to have that. But I got to keep it chill because otherwise, you know, I might lose my job if I keep talking about that.
0: No, you will. well what we'll do is we'll we'll start a GoFundMe. We'll start a spend. We'll, you know, we'll do something for you. We'll start something. That villa fans are good that way. I don't know. Maybe we could start a, a Spanish language Aston Villa um commentary channel for their games or something like that. Watch alongs. Wow. Let's let's spread it all over the world. I think I think it will work. I think it will work. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um so i suppose look uh one of the biggest questions uh I, I think that i have for you and i kind of alluded to to there at the, at the moment, there a moment ago was why Aston villa um i read an article that you had on cbs and it was a really really beautiful article I, I i really liked it and and that's what prompted me to to ask you to to, to would you like to come on the podcast but um you know, in the, in the early days, you you said that a lot of people follow who their their father might might uh, might might support, and you had a lucky escape. You could have been a Man United fan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, thank goodness, huh? Thank oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, listen, I, I appreciate it. Um, I think that you know, uh, when somebody begins to support a team, it's very personal, and in many ways you know, it's very unique. Everybody has their own story, their own reasons. And that story continues to evolve as you keep supporting them. Right. Yeah. And the great thing is you don't really have to justify it for anybody. You just, this is your story. And, you know, that's the beauty of, of, of a fan base of, of supporting a team. My specific story actually mirrors my own personal sort of journey as a kid. Right. Uh, you know, my entire family is Peruvian. I grew up in Peru until I was 11, 12. And then I escaped Peru, uh, you know, during a very tough time uh, with the Shining Path, very similar to, you know, what, uh, you know, the Northern Irish and IRA situation, but from a South American perspective. And I left mm. Peru and I moved to England and I felt very alone. I didn't acclimate myself well enough. I was culture shocked and only, you know, football was really the only connector, right? But I didn't have a team. I didn't have anybody to call my own. And we moved to the south of England. And obviously there, you know, your Tottenham's, your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's, or in that time, because of the early 90s, of course, Manchester United, right? The the very big. So that was my dad's turn. He he wanted to be a United fan. Mm -hmm. He was done with uh, suffering so much with Alianza Lima, uh, the Peruvian team in the late 80s. And he wanted to just, he just wanted to just enjoy his game. So he went for United, of course. And, you know, we actually moved to England the year after... Villa came second, right, in the debut of the Premier League. But I didn't know anything about the club, and I just I made friends with this kid, Mark Russell, who uh, really changed my life. He 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 introduced me to Villa. Uh, he was the first friend I ever had in England. I went to his house, and there, all the glory of Dalian Atkinson and Saunders, and of course Paul McGrath, right there. And and immediately I just knew that Aston Villa was my team. And ever since then, I, I, I became a Villa fan and, and, and they've become a really big part of my life, as you know, and, and it's just been amazing. So that's why I said, I think being a supporter is so unique and you don't have to explain it to anybody. But when I do, I like to do it because it's it's part of who I am as not just a fan, but also a person.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and in, in the article that you wrote, you said that everybody around you was uh, Spurs or an Arsenal fan due to the area in London that you, that you live in. Here in Ireland, everybody is either a United fan or a Liverpool fan. Uh, right. there, are, there are some other teams that are getting better supported, you know, as kids grow up, they start to follow the, the teams that are doing well, the Man Cities, the, the Chelsea's. But to be an Aston Villa fan is very much in the in the minority. Um even though Well, for for, for maybe for my age group, it may not be, but for the younger age group that that are coming up, maybe anybody who's under the age of 30 at the moment wouldn't have seen the relative glory years that Aston Villa had in the 90s. And uh, yeah, so I, I suppose... For me, following Aston Villa was fantastic because whenever we win anything, even if we win a match, we get to celebrate. It's, it's fantastic. You know, we care about it so much because I think the, the you mentioned it was identity. I'm known as Neil de Vinofan. And and I'm proud of that. You know, I really I really like that. And when Villa win games, I have people reach out to me and like we get onto it in a moment. Like last night's game, I had people reach out to me and say, you must be gutted after what happened last night. And it's that that sense of inclusion of, of sport, I think, really. It, it, it sounds like, you know, as you said, that it helped you to integrate within to the, 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 the British landscape when, when you moved there at the age of 11.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right on everything. It's like, it, it makes you feel good. And listen, by the way, like, and that's a really good thing to say about younger. If you're young right now, and you're a Villa fan, or even if you're thinking about it, or even if you don't know much about the club, you need to understand a few things. First of all, there's not many teams that have won the European Cup slash Champions League. Aston Villa is one of them, right? We have a very, we're also one of the oldest clubs ever in the history of the game, especially in the professional game in, in, the, in Great Britain, United Kingdom, right? So there, there's many, uh, uh, you know, historical facts about it, but also to your point, we're, we're, you know, and every fan can say this about their club, but like, you know, I, because we're both full of fans, we have such a very unique history of the ups and downs and what we've represented, that we are so attached to it. So, and I feel like even people that are not Villa fans kind of understand that. And it's been very difficult and very pleasurable to see us succeed, but we also remember the tough times and remember the history behind it. So, you know, it's always great to hear that. And, And it's just amazing, you know, here I am a Peruvian in New York, grew up in England, Villa fan talking to an Irishman all the way across the world, you know, discussing about the love for Villa, and that's the beauty of this game. And sometimes I think, especially in this digital age, we take it for granted, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really just a great thing to have.
0: Absolutely, and 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 the fact that I think that I can hear it in your voice, and I see it in your Twitter posts, and I, and I certainly came across in that wonderful article you wrote, and um, that the, the the passion behind it is. Is, is 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 because we support a niche team, we really get into it. You know, there's a lot of lot of my mates who support Man United, and if Man United made a signing two years ago, they might watch a United game and go, "Who's this guy?" You know, right. I. I, I there would never be a situation when I, a, a 14-year-old kid could come on for Aston Villa and i go, yes, I think I've heard of him. I could tell you uh, he's right-footed or such and such. It becomes, an, it becomes an obsession when you're with a more niche team. And and uh, I I would love to have the success that comes with maybe a, a front-runner, uh, following a front-runner and... God willing at some stage Aston Villa in my lifetime will be that front runner but I am very proud of of being that Aston Villa fan and and uh, having the passion and support for something to as you say to to, to have it as part, part of the identity and and to speak to other people around the world is is, is just as fantastic and you mentioned as well that um uh and and, and this is this is maybe a small bit more of a, a kind of a sadder point and and uh I found it really, really touching in your in 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 your article as well that you wrote that um, you know there was a time in your life when uh, unfortunately your your, your man passed away and and you felt that the routine of you you were in boarding school actually I I let you tell the story because I don't want to underrepresent it but um, that Aston Villa actually kind of helped you through that period if, if you wouldn't mind maybe you might might want to touch on that story.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, absolutely, happy to. Um... You know, I'm th- that's why I wrote this story. I, listen, one, it, it, one thing that people begin to realize about me when they start following and reading my content or whatever, uh, or seeing me or hearing me on, on, on the podcast, is that like I, 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 I truly believe that the best way to connect in this sport or in anything really is to just be brutally honest, not just about what you think, but who you are as a person you know, we have to remember of who we are and what's made us be here. And I, I always go back to that. Right. So, you know, when I first moved to England from Peru, not only was it difficult culturally, but, you know, shortly after my mother passed away from cancer and, you know, my dad passed away, you know, later in my early 20s. So I know too well what it's like to truly lose, right, to lose a, a loved one or whatever. Uh And one thing that I say in the article is that the the thing about tragedy is that of course everybody deals with it differently, but with me, I I feel that it's, it's like a a slow burning candle. It doesn't impact you fully straight away, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, it just, but it keeps slowly burning at you and creating an impact on you. And that's what happened to me. And as I reflect on my childhood and everything that happened, especially as you said, as uh, with my mom, um, villa was actually the very redeeming uh, nurturing proverbial blanket that really protected me and it's weird because i didn't think about it at the time but when i think back i'm like yeah so and when you know on the day of the funeral uh, i asked my father because i was in boarding school at the time i asked my father to i just wanted to go back to school not because like everything was too overwhelming and i'm sure it was i just you know as a kid 11 12 you don't realize that much but because i wanted to go back to my room in boarding school because it was just covered in aston villa and to me that was my proverbial sort of like comfort blanket and i wanted to play uh you know football as well and wear my villa shirt so when i look back and i didn't realize it until i started writing it the article Mm. that villa was like a big part of what got me through things and it's amazing because to me that's the ultimate definition of being a sports fan, of being a football fan, of loving a team, because in a weird way, it's an extended part of you. And yes, of course, we're happy when we win or when we score a goal, or when we sign a player, but uh, the connection that you have with your team is far deeper than that. It's There's a far bigger connection. Uh, and I think that that was a perfect example, especially in tragedy. And so I always think about that and and how like even without the club knowing or any player knowing i mean i've had former players for the podcast before but you know even without them knowing you know the love that you have for a certain thing and for us villa it's so much deeper than just a a football team Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and and you know you couldn't have said it any better and and you know that that Really sums up an awful lot of, of what it means to to what I mentioned previously about identity. The, the just having an identity doesn't mean that you can be, as I say, a Neil that sports Aston Villa. It could be something you can turn to in a time in a time of trouble, or that you can turn to in a time of celebration, or. You know that it's it's something that maybe to be, might be to the forefront of your mind at certain things in certain aspects, and and it, had, it could be a coping mechanism, as you, as you said there. And that was a really really lovely part. And and I know as you said that you mentioned it was tragic, it was tragic, and, and it absolutely was. But there was a, there was a kind of a, a poetic loveliness about it that, that that kind of stemmed from, um, you know the 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 support of Aston Villa helped you through that. and I really really liked it, and I suppose it must have been. I'm not going to say quite soon after that, but not not too long after that, maybe about three or four years later. Um, I'm going to call this a tragedy, but obviously a, 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 the greatest will, will in the world, a completely different one. Um, Dwight York. Talk to me about Dwight York, because we spoke before the podcast on this, and this was the time. This, this to me, was probably one of the, the moments in my Aston Villa fandom when I was disconsolate. I was disconsolate, and I couldn't believe why everybody else wasn't up in arms and angry over over something that happened to Aston Villa. You write a bit about that in your article as well. Do you, do you want to tell us a small bit more about that too?
1: Yeah, sure. And listen, you can absolutely call it a tragedy as well. And you're right; it wasn't. Uh, it was a few years later. Um, listen. Again, uh, for young Villa fans, it's very important for people to know their history. Even if you're not a Villa fan, just go to any club and just look at the history of of the players that you had. And, you know, when we talk about favorite players and stuff, of course, Jack Grealish right now to me would be up there and stuff. But my childhood hero was Dwight York, the Trinidad and Tobago star who joined Villa um, in in the mid in the early 90s. in, uh, in 1990, actually, I believe. Um, listen, here's the thing. Dwight York, to me, is my favorite Aston Villa player, okay? Because just because of what I, when I it, it, the the timing of it, of who I was as a person, as a kid, and then Dwight York, etc. cetera. Um, he actually started as a right winger, and then Brian Little turned him into a striker, and that's when just things just blossomed. And he just became such a prolific figure for Villa. Uh, and for me, just... Such a player. His smile, just everything about him was just, to me, was just like, oh my God, this man. And, you know, when Manchester United bought him, it was like, (laughs) this sounds terrible because obviously losing my mother is just is worse but like I didn't speak for two weeks when Dwight York went for Manchester United that's how much it impacted it was just too much um and uh, mentioning in the article my dad became a Manchester United fan he was like oh is he any good and I was just really like can you be quiet like what are you talking about so uh, when When we talk about our stars and players leaving clubs and things like that, I feel that I'm emotionally prepared for anything now because losing Dwight York to Manchester United really impacted me. Like, because he was my favorite player. He remains my favorite player ever. When people on the podcast or on the show, or if I do an interview, say, oh, who are your favorite players? I'll always be like, oh, Romario to me. Uh, Ronaldo, phenomenal for me. Uh, Van Basten was amazing. Oh my God. And then I'm like, Dwight York is my favorite player. And, and, and you know, it, it was very traumatic for me when he went to Manchester United, but, you know, he became and uh, ended up doing a beautiful partnership with Andy Cole and, uh, you know, good luck to him. And I'm so happy. And I never would be angry at him for, for chasing the highest of the Heights because he did, he was a major part of, you know, the, 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 the treble winning man, you from Alex Ferguson, but like, him being for Villa was just so much, such an amazing figure. Just please kids go on YouTube and just watch some of the goals and some of the things that he did. Cause it was amazing. Ian Taylor, who's a friend now, like he tells me, you know, this guy was just ridiculous. Like yeah. the things that, things that we don't even see in training, like he was just amazing. So, so yeah, it really impacted me. And I know it, that it did with you as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, if you are looking up YouTube for some of his best, some of his uh, greatest accolades and great greatest exploits for Aston Villa, I think it was against Sheffield United. He he did a paneca. Penalty kick uh, before it was ever even cool. You know, this guy right. was just. And I think uh, there was actually newspaper articles vilifying him for it, for disrespect to the game. Now, if you do a penalty that goes in, you're an internet superstar. Lights, Twitter, right. yeah, absolutely. Right. You're getting you're getting sponsorship deals. But that was the time. <laughs> that was the time. But I I can relate to you. We had. Uh, I found out the the news uh, on. And and this is probably going to be a very UK centric. You you were probably familiar with this. Uh, the UK version, C-Fax. Uh, the, of course, C-Fax. Yep. Yeah, the Irish version we had was called Teletext. And uh, every morning, <laughs> I remember I would, that. Yep. <laughs> every morning, I would get up and I would press the button on my TV, and it would change, and I would be able to see it. And I would type in two 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 o. Oh, I think was what it used to be for the for the the sports. And at the very top, Dwight York signs for Manchester United. And my jaw hit the floor and I just immediately got, I was, I was disconsolate. I remember being being full of rage. Like at the time when, when Paul McGraw, who's obviously my favorite Aston Villa player, hence the name of the podcast, when he moved on from Aston Villa, I, I could understand why he moved on. I was disappointed, but but an age factor was, was, uh, was a big factor in him moving on. When Dwight York moved, he was in the peak of his powers. His he was prime. in yeah. his prime. And I couldn't understand why he wouldn't want to pay for Aston Villa. And I marched out into the in, into the, the kitchen and my mother was in the kitchen and she was, I, I think she was doing some baking. And I tried to have a conversation with a woman who could not care less about any football, any sport. And I, I remember standing in the middle of the kitchen and getting so frustrated why she couldn't empathize with me. The fact that Dwight York is gone, ma'am. She's like he's left. He's left Aston Villa. This you should you should be upset. Everybody should be upset. And uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was it it was a fun. It, I suppose it's fun to look back on on how I kind of reacted to that. But it just shows like like you, I was disconsolate for a couple of days when that happened, and it was the first time I think that that I properly understood that. Wait a minute, I love Aston Villa, but. If there's a if there's a bigger shark in the ocean out there, um, I need to prepare myself for this in the future. And it's very poignant because when I read it, I completely empathized with everything that you were saying when you were speaking to your father. Your father didn't, uh, uh yeah. your father didn't understand as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, and and what a guide Dwight York was. And and that. we feel
1: lonely because like nobody gets it, and you're just yeah. like, oh, yeah. And this
0: is pre-internet. You couldn't go on Twitter and go, okay, there's other, f- there's, there's 50 other fully grown men here who are who are completely disappointed that we've lost throughout York. Now, at the time, I think I was only maybe f- 13, maybe 12 or 13. Um, but still, uh, you know, you, could, you couldn't get the empathy. You couldn't get your confirmation bias uh, that you were not wrong to feel the way that you felt about that. So, uh, yeah, the, the kids this, these days are very, very easy. <laughs> they have very easy.
1: Very, very easy, my friend. <laughs> very easy.
0: But um, do you get over to uh, well? I suppose in the current climate, obviously you you, you can't. But um, uh, you, you've been been to Villa Park uh, an awful lot when you were in the, when you lived in the UK. Did you travel to to Villa Park? Oh, to
1: Villa Park, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, especially when um, I I was a little older and I went to uni. Uh, even though I was in London, I, you know, I had more of a freedom to do it. You know, when I was younger, obviously it was a little tougher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to try and get that train all the way from uh, outskirts of London to, to Birmingham city. But when I got older, definitely. And even now it's tough. I have to convince my wife, but every now and again, we can try, we can try and make it. Uh, But uh, definitely when in the older uh, stages, uh, when I was still living in the UK, I was able to do it. I mean, it's hard, you know, it's difficult, especially now, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's something that's never going to go away. Even if I miss it for a few years and then I go, it's just, it's, I mean, I'm sure you can relate to right. About Mm -hmm. how difficult it can be to go. You have to try and make a a full plan. So, but, but I definitely try and do it as much as the problem with me though, is that I also have, you know, have to think about whenever I leave the U S to visit family, it's also Peru. So I have to alternate Peru, England, Peru, England, stuff, but I do it as much as possible as I can. It's difficult, but I do it as much as I can.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I myself haven't been to Villa Park since early 2018. Uh, reason be I've said it a couple of times in the podcast, I, I, I bought a house and, and, and things like that and we just, you know, financial decision was made, right? I, I, I can watch it on TV and but the big plan, the big re-releasing of me back into Villa Park was supposed to be in 2020, and um, it was actually it was it's very funny. It was supposed to be March 2020. That's when I got my hall pass to be allowed go back to Villa Park in March 2020. Oh man! But the pandemic had hit, so I still have. I, I'm still I'm still in negotiations. Like I'm still trying to backdate my hall pass back back from that date to so that I can get it for when this happened. So when the pandemic is gone, but. Um, yeah, I, I I plan to travel uh, a lot. I'm uh, plan to plan to travel a lot now, when um, when we can finally do this, because um, I think a lot, of, a lot of things in the pandemic would have made maybe take things for granted uh, about uh, even I might have only gone like three times a year, but the amount of I, I missed I've I've missed it. You know, I've missed going to games. I've missed. Um, I've missed that walk up, you know, seeing the whole thing and things like that. And and while as I say, I wouldn't be by any stretch of the imagination, I wouldn't go to ten games a season, but even it's 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 absence makes the heart grow fonder, I think is the phrase I'm trying to I'm trying to yeah. look for here. So um and plus absolutely. I wanna, no, I totally agree. I want to kind of help my club, you know, I want to help my club. I want to be responsible for buying a ticket, buying a program, buying food in the con- concession stand, buying, um, buying from directly from the club as opposed to fanatics or, or you know, so that I can help fund my club uh, and and yeah. what better place to do it than, than to do it at the the, the altar of, of Villa Park. So I, I'm i really looking forward to it as well. Um, I can't believe I've, I've completely glossed over uh, and it's just that, Behind and this won't be going out in video, but I need to paint a picture. I can see that wonderful Peru jersey. I like the Peru jersey for me is one of the most amazing. It's it's, it's behind you there. Yes, uh, it's one of the most amazing jerseys in, in 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 world football. That very simple sash is is just fantastic. But it brings my mind to to Alberto Solano, probably came came to Aston Villa in, in his uh, in his later years, but. Uh, I always remember Alberto Solano and his golden trumpet, and 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 he would play play the trumpet, uh, you know, whenever he could. And I thought he was fantastic. But um, is how revered and how I suppose how is he seen in Peru, uh, in, in in the greater footballing scheme of things? Would he be probably your most successful import, or second most successful, or I know there's Jefferson
1: Farrell and a couple more players like that. But right, um, right. He, I mean, he's up there. Uh, Let's be very, very up there. I mean, he's the assistant manager right now to the actual national team, the first ever Peruvian to play in the Premier League. Like he's very well known, very well respected. Absolutely. Um, But Paulo Guerrero, uh, Peru's (laughs) all-time scorer, remains number one. Claudio Pizarro as well, who obviously, you know, one of the most uh, legendary players, not just for Peru, but in the Bundesliga also had a brief spell with Chelsea as well. You mentioned Farfan, of course, but Norberto Solano is up there. He's in the top five, uh, 100%. And, uh, you know, because he really created history, he became the first ever Peruvian to play in the Premier League when he moved to Newcastle. And of course, uh, later on with Aston Villa. So he, he's a very big player. And also he has one of the biggest, right now he has one of the uh, biggest managerial expectations as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, in terms of if uh, Ricardo Areca, who's the manager of the national team If he ever left, you know, he would be up in the conversation And maybe doing the takeover So he's very, very well respected, absolutely
0: Excellent, yeah, and it's funny because Aston Villa fans I think we like to look back at stars that we've had or players we've had and when they're in, in management, I think we, we must, like I know myself, I've got a page somewhere, I could I could definitely put my hand on it, maybe it's in my phone, where one day I was probably bored and I looked back and I said, okay, Martin Larson is coaching here, uh, Olaf Melberg is coaching here, uh, you know, and, and all these, and I kind of made a little mental note of where everybody was because uh, at the time, Villa, we're, we're changing managers so frequently and you're always kind of going, okay, can we get this guy in? he's managed at this level that he's a villain He right. gets us and he knows us and uh, it's always good to see former villains get continuing within the game especially in a coaching um, and from a coaching point of view but uh, to kind of sidetrack from Aston Villa just just very briefly since we're speaking about Peru what, what are the what's the forecast or what's the outlook for for Peruvian football at the moment at the international stage?
1: Well, from an international perspective, I think things are on the up. There's actually a lot of young players that are now uh, playing more and more in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, I mean, if you want to specifically focus on po- probably what most well-known ones, like uh, Renato Tapia, who plays for Celta Vigo, defensive midfielder. He's the future captain of Peru. I would love actually for him to come to Vela. Such a tremendous player, played in the, uh, in the Dutch league as well. He's great. Um, but now we're seeing a, a string of young players that are a, in making moves. Uh, we have, first of all, uh, Newcastle have a Peruvian in their books, uh, Rodrigo Vilca, who plays for the under-23s. He just joined like in October as well. But there's another player called Matias Zucar who has gone to the Austrian Bundesliga as well. We have uh, Jean-Pierre Reiner as well, uh, who's joined two other Peruvians as well, who play in the Eredivisie. Yes. Uh, As well. So there's like a lot of young Benavente as well, who plays for Antwerp. Mm -hmm. We'll see him in the Europa League. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of young Peruvians that are slowly, but surely getting more involved. A vast majority are in MLS in major league soccer here in the U.S. as well, like uh, Aral Rodías, Elson Flores, uh, all these players that are, you know, they're actually starters for the Peruvian national team. They play in MLS and then others in Argentina, Carlos Zambrano, the center back for Boca Juniors. So we're getting more and more. I want us to strengthen uh, the Peruvian domestic league. Uh, that's the only way that we're going to be able to keep growing and growing and growing. Uh, by the way, there's also another kid called Cliver's Ailar, who was bought by Manchester City last year from Alianza Lima, and he's going to be in Europe uh, very, very soon to play for a Belgian team that also Citigroup owns. And then by the time he turns 18, he'll join the uh, City squad this summer. So there's like all these players that are coming in that are very young, that are growing and growing. So the future is bright. I just want to see Peruvian domestic league grow a little more. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're very very similar to Ireland. Really, the only reason we yeah. have the proximity of 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 UK football beside us, but our domestic league is uh, our domestic league is actually it's it's fun to watch, but it's it's very much so dominated by one or two teams. And um, we will like it's sometimes it's full time full professional, sometimes it's part time professional. The money isn't in the right. game in Ireland. And um, our international setup is very very. Uh, not good at the well. No, we've got we've got a lot of good players coming through. The governance of football in Ireland is uh maybe not so great. If if you ever look, if you ever want to get a, a, a football book, you should check out Champagne Football. It's a book about uh, John Delaney. He was the the former FAI um uh, kingpin. Uh, he was the director of the FAI, the the general manager, and uh, yeah, it's it's, it's worth the read. It's worth the read. He is. Uh, oh,
1: I'll check it out for sure. Yeah,
0: it. it's uh, it doesn't have a happy end. Well, it, it basically yeah. I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it for you, but it's uh, it just shows you, you you what what can go on in football and especially in, at the international level. Um, but no, that's that's really interesting with regards to with regards to Peruvian football um, and that the players are you know making their way to Europe a small bit more now and 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 it's it is good to see because uh, I think every team is looking for that. Uh, I suppose that little extra piece up, it's interesting that you mentioned about Man City. Uh, To me, it seems if a 16 or 17 year old is going to be joining a Belgian team to come to England, that might be a way around work permit issues, uh, just like so they don't fall foul of the Douglas Louise situation like we picked up from. That's really interesting to hear. And I'm, I'm a real sucker. And, for, and
1: uh, of course, uh, Neil, you got to remember as well, because of the Brexit laws, right? And uh, now oh yes. that, uh, you oh, know, yeah. Premier League teams now really don't have any advantage. So, you know, they can look at South America just as it's going to be the same obstacle as if they looked in Europe. So yes. you might as well invest yeah. more in South America. Uh, Citigroup also just bought a team in Bolivia as well. So you know what I mean? Like, it's just... There's so many, uh, like you mentioned, uh, hurdles that they have to climb. But if they try and do it by purchasing an entire club or going through other things, then it can be easier for them.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and that's something that I thought that I I, I actually think that our our owners haven't ruled out is maybe. Uh, farmer clubs in 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 other uh in other countries as well I, I right. think if if you're going to if you're going to succeed at least having links to clubs in other countries is probably the way forward and I think yeah. man city are are probably streets ahead of a lot of other teams in that in that aspect uh, sp- speaking about man city um there might have been a game on last night uh Luis uh, oh, was there? Uh, I didn't hear much about it, to be honest. Which uh, I, I think it might have slipped the radar. Um, but what was your views on on the Man City game last night? Um, I suppose what we'll do is we'll start. What were your positive takes from from that Man City game? Because I think that's got lost an awful lot in the coverage of uh, of the game last night about actually how good some players were.
1: Yeah, let's let's focus on the positives for for a second here. Uh, we have to remember that that was the first game for this Villa side that they played since New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. That's incredible, mm-hmm. right? Especially after going through, you know, being impacted uh, from COVID, uh, you know, going through body more heat. I think it's amazing that. They, 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 that was their first game since New Year's Day. And then obviously after Matt Target obviously announcing as well that he was one of the ones that tested yeah. positive. I mean, he was fantastic. You know, so there's, it's commendable for that. And I think that once again, I mean, Pep Guardiola said it himself after the game. We are a really good team and we should be very proud of who we are right now. Um, And it just showed yesterday. I think that in the overall scheme of things, taking away what we saw from the first goal, which I'm sure we'll get into it, Man City deserved to win, but we were really, really good and we missed some really key chances, especially, and you saw the rustiness a little bit. I think we were overplaying a few touches, Mm -hmm. Ross Barkley in particular, but, you know, we have to be very proud uh, of the performance, I think. And I think like, you know, hopefully that will translate into what happens in the weekend against Newcastle. Uh, so I think we should be very, very proud of of, of what we saw yesterday. Uh, some really, really good performances. I mean, Matty Cash, after picking himself up against an excellent Phil Foden, I think was amazing. Douglas Luiz again, really well. Jack Grealish, Ollie Watkins doing the unsung hero work up front. I think we were really, really. Ezri Konsa, who's going to be playing, he'll play for England at some point. Fantastic. I just know it. Yeah, he's yeah. just so good. So we should be very proud of what we saw. Um, so that's the positives, right? Uh, if we can get into the, the, the first goal completely, it's an absolute farce. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, I, listen, ne- never mind the rule. I just think the inconsistency of everything that's happened right at that same time, Juventus was playing Napoli and literally the same kind of situation was happening and it was called for offside. So to me, it was just like a complete farce. And I'm not surprised that Dean Smith went crazy uh, or every player was trying to figure out what was happening. I just, I thought, listen, I understand it. If uh, a player who's offside, right, uh, is able to take advantage of a situation if something has happened after a, 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 a consequential phase of play. But that's not what happened. Ty, he, he was offside the entire time, and he disrupted Tyrone Minks' touch, meaning that he completely you know, obstructed the phase of play, meaning that him being offside was a major problem. Otherwise, like Dean Smith said, just have a player by the goal line the whole time right and then whenever a defender you know is getting close to a goal just run up and try and get it it's ridiculous a ridiculous decision but you know this always happens to villa and i i tell you what uh this won't happen again to any other club like i we're just we're just a proverbial guinea pig when it comes to these situations
0: that's and you know what you couldn't have, i i couldn't have said it better we, we this will not happen to any other club and you know what the big thing with this luis is that we will see a team employ that tactic and get called offside for it in this right. it, they'll just try it they'll they'll try it once it's you know and and uh, they'll employ that tactic and they get called offside for it and nobody will bat an eyelid because it's the way that it should be called and and the, the rules are so ambiguous and so so um they're worded in such a way whereby like rule and counter rule rule and counter rule almost throughout the offside uh throughout the offside rule book it, it's yeah, look, I agree with you. It's and- I
1: and and I want to say something. Like, listen, like Man City deserve to win. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, I that think they so did too. Yeah, I think that they deserve to win. I just think that once, I, I don't think that it should be done at the cost of you know that kind of decision because that the moment that happens, the momentum of the game completely changes, and then you know concede a second and etc. But like, it 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 shouldn't happen like that. Manchester City deserved to win that game. It's just that. You, you, you know, were so good all the way to like the last 15 minutes. And then that kind of decision completely changes the momentum and, and the type of thinking. And, and, you know, Dean Smith, you know, was right to just, you know, show his emotions. We're just reading right now that he's been charged by the FA. Yeah. I mean, whatever, like, you know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And to your point, it's, it's just, it won't happen again in any other game, because if a team tries to do it, it'll be called for our side.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just one, one more of those, those things that we just have to try to, to jot down to the inconsistency VAR was brought in to, to get rid of human error. And what it's done is it's arguably created more of it. Who knows? Um, but that's for people paid way much more than me anyway. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Me as well. Me me. as well. Don't worry. Me as well. Me as well. (laughs) To, To figure this one out. Um, before we, before uh, I let you back to your day, because you've been so so kind, I've taken up too much time, too much of your time already. Um, as I mentioned at the at the outset of the podcast, at, at the outset of this podcast, uh, you guys have a fantastic show going now with Kea Galato as well, and uh, that you have had quite a slew of Aston Villa players on there. I think I've I've heard I, I I've seen um you know Ro, uh, Rio Coker, uh, Heskey uh, yep. Heskey was in there as well. That there's been a, a, a a- a- Agbon Lahore as well
1: Gabby was there as well
0: uh, Eddie actually was she it?
1: yeah she Eniola Luca was also there as well she was fantastic uh, yeah. She Uh obviously as many may or may not know she is the sporting director of Aston Villa Women doing a tremendous job as Aston Villa Women are in their first season uh, in the FAWSL uh, yeah. Agbon Lahore Nigel Ryokoker Emil Heskey I'll try and get some more Um, I had Ian Taylor, but not for this pod before, back when I was with Sports Illustrated, but Mm -hmm. we're going to try and get more and more and more. Absolutely. Especially the current ones as well. That's a tough one, but we'll try and get there.
0: Yeah, that's that's good. That's always a tough one, I think, uh, for sure. Uh, but no, if anybody isn't isn't following it, you, you want to shout out there where, where they got where people can find it? And uh, as I say, well, it's it, it's not always about Aston Villa, but it's always a good listen. Put it that way, it's always a good listen, and there's always a reference in there. That's what I tend to find.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and listen, and just to know that I'm fair play to everybody else. We've had Jack Harrison on the show, Leeds United player. Like we've had it all. Uh, so no, I, I appreciate the opportunity to promote. It, CBS Sports, que golazo pod. Obviously, if you don't know your Spanish means what a goal, mm-hmm. que golazo pod. And we're on Twitter, que golazo pod, all one word. And if you just search que golazo, uh, you can find this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, even if you have a smart speaker, you know, you can just be like, hey, Alexa, play the latest episode of CBS Sports Soccer Podcast and boom, we're right there. So yeah, we're everywhere.
0: <laughs> i'm i'm glad i've got a well actually you said hey alexa you didn't say here siri so it was okay i was, was going to say i'm glad i've got i've got a headset on because it would have just started playing in the background. oh no yeah i right? don't, don't want to do that <laughs> you probably how many how many Alexas have you set off all over the uk yeah,
1: exactly exactly
0: you've, you've set off seven because only seven people listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> i know it's uh uh, but no as i say everybody uh yeah it's it's a fun podcast i really enjoy it and i'm not just saying that it is one that i had listened to before because i've interacted and i've i've uh, i've followed you on twitter for some time as well um and it's definitely worth the listen to and before i let you go i'm a big nfl fan as well do you follow nfl Oh, God. Are
1: you kidding? But listen, you're a Cleveland Browns fan, I you see, can right see there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, shame. Shame about that loss. Uh, you guys had a good season. I'm a gigantic New York Giants fan. I'm in New York. I'm a life. I'm a New Yorker. Uh, so I'm a Giants fan. So, yes, I love the NFL. Absolutely.
0: I'm I'm in the CBS uh, I'm in the CBS uh, NFL Pick'em group with a couple of my mates. Oh, there you gonna, go. I'm not doing very well. If you could actually maybe get onto the guys who do the algorithm and and maybe get them to to skew it in my favor, I'd. Really, I'll make it really happen. Don't it. worry,
1: I'll, I'll take care of it. I, yeah. I, I might get fired, but I'll, I'll take care. of it. <laughs>
0: That's okay. I said we'll set up a GoFundMe. We'll do everything. We'll get. That's you true. true. We'll keep you relevant. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Love <laughs> Luis, thank you absolutely so much for your time. Um. Uh, you've, you've been more and more than generous. Uh, I, I we've been speaking for nearly an hour now, and, and, and I appreciate every single second of it. And, and thank you so much. Um, and uh, hopefully someday I, I might get to meet you over in Villa Park. And uh, absolutely, I think it'll be absolutely fantastic. But uh, oh, that would you. be amazing. Thank, no, you so I, much.
1: thank you so much. This was amazing. Uh, I love what you guys do. Let's keep that Aston Villa love. Alive and uh, you know I, I really appreciate all the kind words And if you're ever at New York you just let me know But Villa Park one day we never Know
0: might get to a Browns Giants game even as well you never Know that might come at some stage
1: Perfect <laughs> I, I can yell at Odo Beckham Junior all I want <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, That's that's if, he, that's if he ever recovers Exactly that's if he ever recovers. So thanks everybody For listening uh, you know you can follow Me on at love McGraw pod Luis where can the guys get you on twitter
1: L-M-H-E-G-A-Y at E E C H E G A R A Y or Luis M. Echegaray on Instagram.
0: Excellent. Perfect. Definitely worth the follow. As I say, thanks everybody so much for listening. Brighter days are ahead after that Man City game. We've got got a quick turnaround for Newcastle at the weekend. Myself and Paddy will be back for a quick uh, preview of that along with some other guests coming up over the next few weeks. But all that's left to say is up the villa.
1: Up the villa.